Welcome to On the Spot, where two student pastors talk about stuff that matters. I'm Dakota. And I'm Kyle. Well, Kyle, you've already tried to mess up our recording today before we got started. I did. I did. Well, I wanted to see what, what it was like to play your part. Sometimes you get bored playing, you know, the part that you always play. <laughs> and so I just figured I would try out uh, the part of Dakota. So, so I've heard it enough that I can I can recite it. So so what we're talking about is we we have a new element today. We we have um, video added to what we're doing, and hopefully that works out. If you never see a video, it's because it didn't work. <laughs> right, and that's totally not my fault. No, nope. it is the fault of the person handling all the recording. That is correct, which is me. Um, so hopefully we will be able to get that to work. But you know what we could do is is I could try out. My, me playing your part, and then we could put up like a an Instagram poll and see who played it better. Oh my gosh! Oh so my you think gosh. I should try it? No. All right, I'm gonna try it. <laughs> All right. Welcome to On the Spot, where two student pastors talk about stuff that matters. I'm Dakota. I don't want to say that I'm Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work, did it? No, I right. I don't I don't know. I don't like the way it feels. You don't like the way it feels? Nope, it doesn't feel good. Maybe if I called myself Kyle instead of Dakota. (laughs) So here's the thing. We are hopefully going to have this element working with what we're doing. That's just adding another thing to how we do stuff. Uh, But we're in this, our studio is like complete now. Yes, yes. It looks nice in here. Our picture is on the wall. It is. We have something to throw darts at now. (laughs) Yeah, I think that everybody that worked really hard to make the walls look good or would be really upset if we threw darts at it. They, they probably would because I don't know about you, but I, I'm probably going to miss, you know, our faces and hit the wall. <laughs> yeah, so um, we're really excited about that being done. Tyler did a really, really good job um, knocking that out for us. Yes, so. he did. Uh, what a guy. Well done, Tyler. So you Kyle, are a man. We are jumping into a brand new thing. This is episode 20. This is episode 20. I cannot believe that there have been 20 episodes that some people have chosen to actually listen to. Well, and we actually have around, I mean, it's it's well over 2,000 plays on our podcast. That's crazy to me. I know. That's absolutely crazy to me. It means that people think that to a degree that what we're talking about matters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it matters enough to at least put it on while you're doing something else. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So yeah. so we're glad that we could be your 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 ambient noise yeah. while you fall asleep or mow the lawn or, you know, cook. Yep. So let's move on to Pastor Drew's favorite part of our podcast, yes, which absolutely. is the question of the day. The question of the day. The part that during staff meeting yesterday, he said, can you just skip over that part and go straight? To- <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't care. I don't care where you've lived or haven't lived. Or- <laughs> like, yep, yep. All right. So I have a question for you, Dakota. We recently had a conversation in which... Um, you got I, really upset. I, well, I did. And once we <laughs> ask the question, everyone is going to understand why I got upset because they would get upset too. Uh, the question of the day is, which is your least favorite Star Wars movie and why are you wrong? <laughs> um, my least favorite Star Wars movie. I Okay. So originally I had told you that it was Solo. You had. Um, you had told me that it was and, Solo. And, and I'm not necessarily saying that that's still not my least favorite um but i just recently watched uh, a new hope and man do i not like that movie 
It's just a bad movie. So here's the question. So that I, it's everyone, a toss up. It's a toss up between Solo and A New Hope okay. for me. That is almost worse. That 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 did not make your answer. That did not make your answer better. Like when you said Solo, there might be some people out there that would go, "Well, I don't think it's the worst, but I can understand why you don't like it." All right. To say that A New Hope is your is your least favorite is a more egregious crime. And it begs the question, have you seen The Phantom Menace? Or have you seen Attack of the Clones? Or, for that matter, have you seen any of the prequels? I've seen all of them. And you think that all of those are better than A New Hope? Absolutely. <laughs> I There have been few times in your tenure here at Spotswood that I've questioned why I hired you. <laughs> And and I am now I am now seriously questioning your judgment uh, on this. So, what what do you not like about A New Hope? I I think it's a very disjointed movie. Um, it's not very it does it doesn't flow very well. Okay. Um, I think that it is very boring. Uh, because of the disjointedness, it doesn't. It doesn't like have a good arc to it. It's just kind of one note the whole time. Define disjointed. So it, it's kind of like things just happen, and there's no real good explanation of how they got to the place that they are or why they're there. Like? I think that you find some of that stuff out later in the movies. Okay. And you get a little bit more information, which I guess can be a redeeming quality. So like what? Um, like what? How they got where? Like I just, when they're in, the, like just all of a sudden they're just on a planet, and you're like, we were just somewhere else just a second ago and that's a little bit of what star wars does and like they'll have those pans across the screen and then there's it's a, just a totally different thing but i just that that i struggled with that a lot i also really really dislike the acting in the old ones i think that it's bad i think harrison ford is like the most redeeming quality well, i mean that is that is fair that's what a lot of people say yeah. what, what is your least favorite actor from a new hope who i should <sighs> say oh man I really don't like Luke Skywalker at all. Mm. <laughs> what do you not like about him? I just think that he doesn't come across as very believable to me. First of all, I don't believe that he could be this super strong, powerful Jedi one day. Secondly, I think that he comes across as if he is trying really, really hard to be the character that he's being. It doesn't seem natural to me. Like, for instance, like when the whole Tosh, the power station converter thing or whatever, it's just like, what was that? That It just, he doesn't seem believable as the character that he's trying to play. Well, so what like character is he trying. trying to play? Well, I don't know. I'm not him. It seems to me <laughs> like he's playing the, the part well because he's playing the part of a, of a whiny 17-year-old kid who's working on his uncle's farm. Yeah, but it seems like he, to me, it seems like he saw the script like two days beforehand and is memorizing his lines right before he goes <laughs> out on and, and says them. Wow. <laughs> wow. So I, I don't know. I just, I, I think the acting is, is really poor. And I understand that it was a very um, low budget thing at the time. I mean, Darth Vader's helmet at one point looks like it's made out of styrofoam, which really improves later. Um, so, you know, there's, there are some things that are redeemed in uh, The Empire Strikes Back and uh, The Last Jedi. Is it The Last Jedi or Return of the Jedi? 
Last Jedi, <laughs> right? The fact, okay, you're calling your opinion on these movies into question. The fact that you can't get these these titles right. Well, it's not my fault that the titles are so similar in the Last Jedi and the Return of the Jedi. It's very okay. Common so to you got to you, you got to pick one. Is it the Return of the Jedi or is it the Last Jedi? I think it's, it's the Last Jedi. In, that is the third movie of the originals. Yes. That that would be incorrect. Is it really? Yes. Dang it. Yes. Yes. Just think about what you said. What's what happens during that movie, and what title makes more sense? Well, I know that in the the new movies, the end is like the Jedi's coming back as well. So it's kind of like either of them makes sense. All right, who wins at the end of Return of the Jedi? Oh well, they always win. <laughs> I mean, they didn't technically win at the end of Empire Strikes Back. Well, yeah, but that was the middle of a trilogy. Yeah, <laughs> that's like Frodo didn't actually throw the ring in in the second Lord of the Rings. You know, you know what I think. You know what I think that we should do. Move um, on from talking about Star no, Wars. No, 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 no. <laughs> we need to create the Dakota cut, where um, it's not technically like a director's cut or like a Zack Snyder cut or anything like that, where you just cut out every part that you don't like and add what you do. Uh, I want, I want Dakota's commentary edition. Oh my! Yes, so that so that we have something out in the ether sphere that people can listen to. Ether sphere? Is that a word? I don't know. Is that a Star Wars thing? No. I just <laughs> that's just what I came up with. Um but it should be. Copyright Kyle <laughs> Kelly. Um but no I want some something that other people can listen to so they can know just how wrong you are. No, that's fine. All right. I mean I, I do have people that absolutely agree with what I'm saying. Those people's opinions are invalid. There may be a lot not a lot of them, but there are a handful of them. Well, there are a lot of people in the world that are wrong. <laughs> All right, so we need to move on. Yes. We need to move on from the question of the day. Today, we are going to talk about social media. A place where you're most likely to fight about Star Wars stuff. Yes, that that is actually <laughs> one of the more benign things that you can find on social media to fight about. So, um we are, like I said, we're going to talk about social media. If if you um, currently live underneath a rock and are not certain what I am talking about when I say social media, we are talking about all of those platforms and those internet style engines, whether it's a web page or it is an app on a phone or an iPad that you can use to maintain a uh, social connection, a technological social connection with other people generate a form of community and um, dispense uh, information um, or or um, what, what am I trying to say? Create a following. Things or, that are going on in your life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Basically. Get people to buy something. Basically, <laughs> you, you're creating an audience in order to, um, you know, sell something or communicate an idea or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so, uh, why are we talking about social media today? The reality is, is that social media is a part of the fabric of our society. It has been, Very much so. it has been woven, it has been woven completely in, you know, for example, it, it's, uh, you know, shows, you know, shows for 
a, a period of time started putting the official hashtag of the show so that people could mm-hmm. uh, so that people could actually follow along with the commentary. Um, people live tweet. Uh, shows as they come on people record after shows on youtube and dispense them for people to watch live uh people you know you can go on twitch and watch someone play a video game and interact with people and so the reality is is that even our entertainment industry is built around social media it's this idea that if you don't have social media like facebook or twitter or Instagram, even at a minimum, that you are somehow missing out on something that is going on in the world. It would be akin to somebody in the 60s not having a mailing address mm-hmm. uh, almost or, you know, or, or uh, somebody not having a phone. Um, that's almost become how integrated into the fabric of our society is. And there are incredible advantages to social media. But there are also incredible dangers as well. So we're talking about this because we feel like we wouldn't be doing our jobs as pastors if we didn't teach our people what their interaction with this facet of society should look like as Christ followers. Because I don't know about you, Dakota. I don't know about you, but there are some weird things that happen on social media at times. And there are times I look and I go, wow, that is really great that someone in the church is using this platform for that purpose. And then I, then I go, wow, this person is really smearing the name of Jesus by Mm -hmm. how they're acting and what they're saying and what they're doing. I kind of think of it a a little bit like fire. Mm Fire is a good thing, right? Uh, Fire, uh, you know, we use fire to cook. We use fire to uh, keep us warm. Uh, we use fire for a whole lot of good things. But the problem is, you know, you can use fire for good things, but you can use fire for bad things as well. And if you're not careful, you can set yourself on fire or um, you can, you know, set uh, the world on fire or, you know, set something on fire. I don't know. There's plenty of videos, I'm sure, on YouTube of people accidentally setting themselves yes. on fire. Um, so if we're not careful, if we don't teach ourselves and talk about what it is, how to interact with these things responsibly as Christ followers, we can end up causing more damage for the advancement of the kingdom than we can using it for good. So, uh, Dakota, you recently led a breakout on uh, at our parent conference mm-hmm. that we do, the Legacy Parent Conference on, on technology. And uh, a lot of what you talked about ended up having to do with social media. Why was that? So we, we talked about technology in general because um, Barna put out a study uh, that in, I think, 2016 that talked about how it's, it's nearly 70% of people that are in the church expect the church, which means their pastors or otherwise, to address technology in some way, which I'm sure that that number is higher now that we're years past that date. So we felt the need to talk about technology, and that included everything with technology, having a phone, looking at computers, having uh, tablets. But what ended up happening was when we opened up the opportunity for the parents to ask questions and talk about stuff, they primarily asked questions about social media right. because they, the reason that their kids wanted a phone 
was so that they could have social media. Right. Because the best avenue for social media is not on a computer any longer. Right. It's on a phone. Right. Uh, in an app format. So so that's why we kind of today we've really wanted to, to lean into the social media thing because it seems like one of the more primary issues, if you will, that we have um, that we got to figure out how Christians should interact with. Good, good, good deal. So um, just for starters, um, let everybody know what social media platforms you typically interact with. So um, for a very, very long time, I had Facebook. I still have a Facebook. I just don't currently have it on my phone or anything like that. So I don't use it. Uh, I've really toyed around with um, completely deactivating that account. I just had to figure out how to get all my pictures and stuff off of it first. Um, which I'm sure there's an easy way, and maybe somebody that's listening is going to let me know what that is. Well, that's even harder, too, because for a while there, to make it, quote, easy on people, you could use your Facebook login to get into other apps. Right. And and then you have this thought of, oh, if I get rid of my Facebook profile, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden I'm not going to be able to log into all these other apps, and I may have to create a new profile, and it just messes everything up. Yeah. So I also have an Instagram, and the primary reason that I'm on Instagram, I've taken long, long breaks from Instagram before and just taken it off my phone and things like that. But the reason that I have it on my phone again is because I actually run our Instagram accounts for Spotswood students and for on the spot. Indeed you do. So I kind of have it on there for that. And then the primary social media platform that I interact with now is probably Twitch. Twitch, I Twitch, which a lot of people may not have thought about as being a social media platform. Yeah. Um, for those who are unfamiliar, explain what Twitch is. So it, it, Twitch is primarily started out as a, as a platform to play video games and for people to watch people play video games. Yes, people actually want to do this. If you're yeah. going, why would somebody ever want to do that? It actually is quite popular. And some of the content creators on Twitch make a ton of money doing this. Um, So I'm not saying that that should be your choice of career path um, if that's what you're wanting, but it is possible to make a lot of money doing this. But I watch it because I do play, sorry, got that early morning like junk in my throat from Virginia uh, allergies. So... I, I play video games. I think so it's you choking on your Star Wars opinions, personally. Nah, nah. Those those go down smooth. Um, so uh, yeah. I, I play video games with a couple of my friends, uh, and some of the students will want to play. I play Call of Duty from time to time um, on Xbox. So, so I watch Twitch because I just enjoy a couple of the guys that play and the way they interact with their audience and things like that. It, it's just fun. It's just a fun thing. So that's something that I, I enjoyed. It's, it's a good way for me to just kind of turn my brain off, if sure. that makes sense. Sure. A lot of people turn their brains off in social media. Oh, that's, that is true. So those are probably the two primary things that I interact with, which is Instagram and Twitch. Yeah, I think uh, for me, um, I was a part, I was in college when Facebook came out. So I, I remember Facebook when it was only for college students. Mm-hmm. Um. And so I, I've kind of grown up with I had a it. MySpace. Yes, yes. I, <laughs> I do remember MySpace. I remember thinking that there were some parts of it that were cool, but ultimately it was stupid. <laughs> it it just kind of really was. And that's I think that's the reason why it faded away. It never it never grew with time. 
You know, we, we were narcissistic enough to think that people were going to go out of their way to look at our MySpace pages. I really liked that you could put, like, your song on your MySpace. Like, so when someone yeah. clicked on your profile, a song played. Yeah, a song played, and then you could, like, list your top five people. Yeah, that was really, like, <laughs> man, you made a lot of enemies that way. Yeah, right? <laughs> right? Like, these are these are my fab five. If you didn't make it, yep. sorry, you're not yep. good enough. And some of these people are listening to this have no clue what MySpace is, but <laughs> that was that was early form of social media that went the way of the dodo bird. Yep. Um, probably, I, I, you know, I think somewhere in some data server, somewhere on the planet, my my MySpace page is somewhere. Oh yeah, it's somewhere. But I have no clue where it is, <laughs> and I have, I mean, I have not interacted with that thing in like. 15, 20 years. If I close my eyes, I can literally see mine. Do you, really? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> my goodness. We're reminiscing. You know, if you close your eyes, you you, you might actually remember that A New Hope is a good movie. Oh, my gosh. This is going to be a thing. Yes. Forever. Yes, it is. I'm not, I'm not going to let you forget that. I'm, I mean, I'm not going to change my mind. Well. So what other social media platforms uh, do you interact yes. with? <laughs> uh, I, I do Instagram. I'm not as active on Instagram as a lot of other people are. Um Probably the one that I use the most is Twitter, not because anyone around here is on Twitter. Uh, no one is on Twitter. Uh, the only people that are really on Twitter are like celebrities and stuff. And so I will use it primarily just to follow people, not necessarily make a lot of comments because I learned a long time ago that uh, I'm small potatoes and people don't care what I have to say. Uh, so I don't... I you know, so sometimes what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll pull what I readily admit is an old fart thing. I'll, I will, you know, write something out on Twitter and post it, and then I'll take a screen image of it, and and fit it within an Instagram bubble <laughs> post, which will post to Facebook. <laughs> so I'll I'll do that. I know there's ways to link them all, but in my opinion, Twitter and Instagram don't. Don't uh, don't interact with each other. Well, I really don't like Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th these days they're really becoming dumpster fires because they're just all about people arguing and being cruddy, mm -hmm. cruddy to each other. Um, I I watch a lot of uh, YouTube primarily because I'm into board games and that's how I figure out if a board game is worth getting or not. Because there's people like video games that will actually play. Yeah. Um. You know, and sometimes they'll do it live. I'm too busy to figure out when to do it live, but it's kind of like kind of like Twitch. Um, you know, they'll do it live. They'll play the game live, and people interact. Mm -hmm. uh, beyond that, I don't really do a ton with social media. In fact, I've past six months or so, I would say that I'm less involved with uh, social media than uh, than I have been before, just because it's just not. It's so hard to interact with these things and not come out in a worse mood than you started. Mm -hmm. You know, there are other social medias, uh, social media platforms people use. I know TikTok is pretty popular mm -hmm. for uh, a num especially younger and crowd. Instagram has reels, so that's their answer to TikTok. Yeah, which and people just you know, put their TikToks on their reels. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's it's kind of dumb. Twitter's trying to do the same thing. Oh you know, where they have their own version of that, and it's it's kind of dumb, and uh, you know, then there's um, you know, you know, a number of people who use Snapchat, mm -hmm. uh, which is basically like all of this stuff except your posts disappear, mm -hmm. you know, which is you know not red flagish at all, um, and then there are other out of the box things that 
you know, we have to ask ourselves, is this considered a social media platform like uh, playing MMRPGs like uh, uh, World of Warcraft? Yeah. Or any number of those types of games that are online and have an online component where the the fun of it, or, you know, even for kids, Roblox, uh, where the fun of it is in the online interaction with other people, you know? Yeah, and that's... That's kind of hard because that that is the reason that social media originally existed was simply for the connectivity and interaction with others. Uh, but it's totally changed now. Like the purpose of social media has, has changed. So, so with the purpose of social media changing, it brings to question whether or not something like Roblox or Warcraft or things like that would be social media. However, yeah, if you base yeah. it on the original... Yeah, it certainly is because it's literally connecting to other people through an online medium. Well, let's dive in a little bit deeper than that. What what would you say was the original purpose of social media and what would you say has has become the purpose of social media? Yeah, so I think that the original purpose of social media was to connect with other people for a long-term in a long-term capacity because, for instance, when they created it for people on college campuses, well, that grew into something, well, now you can stay connected even when you're not on the college campus. Right, right. And you can stay connected with people that moved across the country, mm-hmm. which that was the original thing. And that's a cool thing. That's a, it's an interesting yeah, staying up thing. to date with people that you went to college with that you kind of, yeah. you would have lost contact with yep. otherwise, but now you can see, watch their kids grow as they mm-hmm. post pictures of them on Facebook. So I think that that was the original intent uh, yeah. when it went, you know, public outside of just the college fear, sphere. I think the original intent was connectivity through a online medium. Now, Social media is not just about that anymore. No, not at all. Social media is now a place that is about creating a platform for the purpose of getting a following. It's not about connecting to people that you know or have known. It's about getting enough people that you don't know to follow you so that you can get ad revenue for you. Yeah, ad revenue and and at a minimum to, uh, you know, to gain a big enough following that people have to pay attention to what you have to say yeah. or what you're having to sell mm-hmm. or what you're wanting to sell. It's all about, uh, you know, I care about my opinion. I want to get other people to care about my opinion too. And if I do this well enough, I might be able to get paid for it. Yeah. And I think that YouTube was probably one of the catalysts for this um, because YouTube became this thing where everybody was posting their videos and then they would get followings and then you could actually make money from YouTube if you got enough views and things like that. Well, how did people get people to know about their YouTube channel? They started posting it on social media and they started getting it out to their friends and things like that. It's almost like a multi-level marketing strategy. Right, yeah. Um, And then what happened was over time, other businesses and things started seeing the, uh, the vast opportunity for selling and getting people's attention on social media. And right. One of the things that we as Christians specifically and just people in general really, really need to remember and know, uh, there's a there's a documentary that came out. It's on Netflix. It's called The Social Dilemma. I do My recommend. My wife has been trying to get me to watch it for the longest time. I recommend. And I haven't because, you know, there is, there's a statement that says, uh, you know, ignorance is bliss. 
I'm afraid I'm just going to hate my life after I watch well, this thing. It's it's very, very informative. It's really, yeah. really good. I do recommend uh, if you want some more information about where the current state of social media is yeah, and why yeah. it's there, you should watch this. I haven't watched it, but I have heard nothing but good things from people who don't just rant against the latest technology, but they actually care about people. Yeah, because uh, many of the people that they have on here are the people that created social media to do what it does today, um, to function the way it functions today, which, again, is all about making money. Right. And the way they make money is to keep us attached to the screen mm-hmm. looking at it because the more we're looking at it, the more they can put an ad in front of us. Yes. And they actually have algorithms that look and see how long you look at something without scrolling by it. So if it is something that you spend a certain amount of time on, they will put more of that in front of you. Yes. Your phone and your devices do listen to you at times. If you're talking about these things, it will pop up in front of you because they're designed to put things in front of you that you will look at. It is it is a system that is put in place to keep you addicted to what they have in front of you. Yeah, they're going to do everything they can to keep your eyes glued to that screen because yes. the longer your eyes are glued to that screen, the more likely they are to make money. And so just to give people an example of the kind of effect that this has had. So if you're on Facebook, you know, once upon a time, you might have seen a a news article that was shared that might have been 100% news. Mm -hmm. Most of these platforms now have stopped being what we would call news, and they have started being what we would call uh, opinion pieces. Yeah. Or, Or they have... You know, they have a, a, a clickbait type headline that is meant to get you to click on it because it's so outrageous. It's so over the top that you go, what? I can't believe that. And then you click on it to read the article. So news has become very polarized because mm-hmm. their goal has stopped being about getting information out to people for them to Uh, for them to read, and it's become more about getting clicks because the more clicks that they have, the more advertising dollars that that they have. Mm -hmm. And so what gets more clicks? Salacious news. That's going to get way more clicks than, than, you know, something along those lines. They want to put headlines on there that a, a vocal minority might be in agreement with to the point where they're going to share it all over the place. And if they share it all over the place, then, you know, the more they share it, the more advertising dollars, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So at this point, it sounds like we hate social media and it's like the worst thing in the world, but there are some advantages. Yeah. Yeah. There are some advantages to social media. So Dakota, what are, what are some of those advantages to social media? Because like we said, we've talked about all these dangers, Yeah. but you and I still interact with it. Mm-hmm. So what are, what are some of the advantages? So, I mean, the original intent of it, of the connectivity, is still available. It's still <clears throat> something that social media can function as. So that is a huge advantage. You can stay connected to people like, I don't live in the same state as my family. You don't live in the same state as most of your family. And th- there's, there is the element of this opportunity for them to see and share with you experiences and things like that or people that you uh, went to school with when you were younger that you don't 
aren't near now. You can stay connected through social media. So that's one. Um, reaching people with a message or a product. Again, we just talked about how that can be a really, really not good thing, and sure. it can be a problem. But as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, that presents a really cool opportunity Yeah, because we can leverage what social media is and does for the advancement of the gospel and getting the message of the gospel out to many, many, many people. Right. You know, one so. of the things we've recognized as a church staff is that um, the front door of the church is no longer the door to the lobby. Right. In it's many online. in many ways, the front door to the church is is online. It's social media, it's podcasts, it's YouTube. So so much so to the that that many people because of their presence online, if they are considering checking out a church, they are going to check out their YouTube channel. They're going to check out their Facebook presence. They're going to check mm-hmm. out their Twitter presence, their Instagram presence, long before they ever actually walk through the doors of the building. So we have an opportunity to leverage that for the sake of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, that's something that uh, th- just uh, that can be a negative, but there is a lot of advantages in that. Also, things like YouTube present an incredible learning opportunity. I mean, I can't tell you how many projects and things that I've done at home or in general uh, that I went to YouTube to learn how to do. Yep. And that's because somebody decided to use their platform to post something helpful and that would be something that I could learn. You know, so uh, learning opportunities is a huge advantage of a lot of these social media platforms, specifically YouTube um, and Twitch even is a thing, a place where it's not just video games. There are people that go on there and teach you how to do things. A lot of there's a lot of personal trainers on there that teach you how to do exercises and stuff like that in a live format. Um, so things like that. Also, mass communication for organizations that you're associated with. So like schools are using avenues of social media you have things like like churches that we had this conversation yesterday in that we communicated something about an event being canceled because of weather and some people didn't know about it because they don't have social media right but we communicated it through social media so that's all we were were, we were the good news is we were able to get it out quickly correct because social media and the way that people's phones interact with it they're able to see the information much more quickly than if we sent out an email, yeah. for example. Yeah. And, you know, but for the people that don't have that, we need to still send the email. Um, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, like, even, like, snow news, like, when, yeah. when it's snowing, it's so easy just to drop a, a picture on Instagram that says, hey, we're canceling due to weather. Right. You know, so things like that, mass communication. Um, but beyond just the reasons why social media exists now and what it looks like now, there are some other negatives to it. There, there are. So what are some of the negatives and dangers that, that social media prevent, uh, pre- prevents, prevents, <laughs> they don't prevent it, that, <laughs> that it presents? Yeah. So safety concerns in general, like physical safety yeah. is, is a thing. I know that you might initially go, well, that doesn't make sense. It's online. 
There are people that literally go on and make fake profiles and fake people on these platforms in order to prey on young children, in order to prey on people. There are scammers. There are people that are trying to steal your information Mm -hmm. so that they can steal your identity and things like that. Like these things are real and they happen. There's a reason that there's cybersecurity um, divisions and police departments now and stuff like that because these things are happening. Every every social media profile is in some way, shape, or form opening a door to a facet of your life. Sure. And so the more of these platforms you have, the more of those doors that are open. More of these doors that are open, the, the, the higher chance there is that somebody you would probably never invite into your home could get into your life in yeah. some way, shape, or form. Uh, so one of the other dangers that I find... Uh, with social media is uh, in light of that is the fact that because it is more popular amongst the younger crowd, parents a lot of times are letting kids who are younger and younger and younger Mm -hmm. participate in these social media environments to the point where young kids, 10, 9, 11, whatever, are now have an opportunity to come into contact with some of these people and some mm-hmm. of these dangers that they would never have come in contact to with otherwise. Kids are, um, you know, with the personal nature of these devices, um, it's more private. Mm-hmm. It is often without supervision. And so the question that I find myself asking a lot of our parents is would you invite a potential predator into your home when you weren't there and your kids were because your kid thought they were cool well the answer is no Mm. but in many ways shapes and forms through social media we do just exactly that by allowing our young kids to have unbridled access with no supervision and completely un- and completely open doors. Yeah, and not to mention the people that are creating these fake profiles in order to prey on children, they know what they're doing. Yes. And they're doing it on purpose. Uh, it's not like they're accidentally stumbling upon these things. They are going after. So that's a really, really... Yeah, it's not always that the kid went and, you know, went to a website they weren't supposed to go to right. or, you know, went to a... Uh, a Facebook group, not that they would ever go to a Facebook group, but whatever. They a lot of times they get into trouble because they stumbled on these things on on accident. They're mm-hmm. they're hanging out with Instagram and they look at they look at their feed or you know they look at somebody they follow like you know just something as benign as following a post on ESPN and then you look at the comments and there's an Instagram model who is trying to get people again platforming an Instagram model who has created a platform where they are sharing pictures of themselves either mm-hmm. scantily clad or naked that they are using a the comment section of something like ESPN to disseminate their platform get people to click on their profile and find pictures behind a paywall yeah well and that was the other thing that i was going to say is that it social media brings the opportunity to look at something you shouldn't look at. Yeah. Uh, because people use it just like you're saying. They drop these things in. They they even have ads for these things that will pop up, and yep. they're sponsored ads that look like 
uh, somebody's post, but it's not somebody's post. It's an organization that's trying to get you to look at something that's pornographic in nature or that is, you know, along those lines that that you will end up having to pay for and stuff like that. And that will trap a teenager. Mm -hmm. That will trap an adult. Don't don't let me just, you know, go and say that this is just about teenagers. This is about all of us. And this happens to all of us. Uh, And another that brings me to another one of the issues is, is time consumption. Um, this is something that it is designed to do, which is to draw us in and to keep us looking at it all the time so yep. that they can make money. And the thing is, is that we as adults are just as bad as the teenagers. You hear all the time adults saying how this next generation, this next generation, well, statistics show. Next time you're in a crowd, Look at look at all the grandmas and see what they're doing. Correct. Because a and lot of them are getting caught up on social media as well. And statistics show that they are that parents are are looking at their phones for almost an equivalent amount of time as their kids. Yeah. So you wonder why your kids are doing this is because they're following the example that you are setting. Yeah. And and I'm man, I'm guilty of this. I have caught myself like just looking at my phone at home and you know, my son comes up to me and wants to do something, and I'm looking at my phone. And you get irritated at him for bothering you. I have, yeah. yeah. And and the thing is, is that, that that's a wake-up call going like, man, I should not be doing this. You get um, caught up in what you call the doom scroll, you know, yeah. where you just keep scrolling. Yep. Looking, you're, it's, it's, you are constantly, that post is no longer doing it for you. You are looking for the next hit. Yep. And so that brings me to the next thing, which is in-person social interaction issues. Yeah. Um, We have seen a decline in people's ability to interact in person with other people. Yeah. There's no questioning that. Like, I know that some statistics just aren't necessarily trustable or anything like that. But you can just look around and see that. Mm -hmm. You know, just like you said— it used to be like when people stood in a line for something that they would talk to each other. Right, yeah. It used to be when people sat on an airplane that they would talk to the stranger next to them. Yeah, you don't, you don't do that anymore. No, you put your earbuds in and you look at your phone. Yep, you which know. is the universal signal, leave me alone. Correct. So um, we've seen a decline in that. Also, lower attention spans is mm. something that we've seen. And as te- Commercials used to be 30 seconds long. Yeah. But... You know, ever since YouTube made it so that you could skip an ad after five seconds, mm-hmm. you know, it's like those people who create ads that are 30 seconds long or, you know, maybe even a minute and a half. The, the reality is, even if you create those ads, if you don't hook the person in in the first five seconds, you're done. Yeah. And most ad agencies now are creating commercials that are completely done from beginning to end in five seconds because mm-hmm. of that. And and so... And not to mention we have this instant gratification lifestyle now, and that has caused us to want what we want immediately. And then TikTok, for instance, is a very short-form video Mm -hmm. platform, and it's it's exactly what you're talking about. It's so that you can get exactly what you want and then move on. Yep. Um, Got to find the next hit. Yeah, when people post videos that are long, you can look at the statistics of it, and it's like, oh, people will listen for like three minutes, and then it just tanks. Yeah. And that's because of the way we have created our attention spans to mm-hmm. be. Um, so the other thing is, a, is a, there's a greater risk for anxiety and depression for people who are really deep interacting constantly for long periods of now time. Why do you think that media. is? So there's a couple of things, but 
as we have seen in the last 15 years with the advancement of technology, specifically smartphones, when they came into play, you see anxiety and depression going up at almost the same rate as use of technology. I personally think that the one of the vast reasons for that is because when smartphones came into play, you got social media in your pocket. Mm-hmm. And social media is a dangerous place for comparison and for looking at someone else's uh, photos and going, man, why isn't my life like that? Yeah, you compare your practice film to someone else's highlight reel. Yeah, and and you start feeling bad about yourself. Or you look at people who you feel that are not as competent or capable and they're much more successful because of their social media stuff. Yeah. And you go, I work hard every single day. I go to a job that I hate every day, and they sit at home and make a video for five minutes, and they make millions of dollars. Yeah. It, it, it feeds competition. Yes. It feeds, you know, comparison game. And, mm-hmm. you know, anxiety and depression always goes up when, when we are comparing ourselves to other people. And that's kind of the nature of what it is because – you need to put a fake life online so that people yeah. will follow you. Sure, absolutely. Because you don't, and we've talked about this before, you don't often see people posting the video of them like falling apart. No, no. No one is <laughs> going to post the argument that they, that they had on the way to church with their family and their spouse. Mm-hmm. They're going to they're gonna post the smiling faces as they're walking in the door. Yeah. And, and as far as if we can transfer that to Christians... One of the big dangers for Christians in that is that you start to lead a fake life. Yeah. You are not authentic with other believers because you don't, you only want them to see what you're willing to put online. Yeah. So even offline, you're not willing to open your life right. to the body of believers for the purpose of sharpening and growth and all of those things. I think this is a little bit of where the, uh, the celebrity pastor culture has just kind of Ooh. become such a massive. Yeah. Massive problem. We had all these past. I remember when I was first getting into this, you know, you know, contemplating being a pastor and feeling like the Lord was calling me to that. And there were these pastors that I just adored be part of that because they had um, they had podcasts they were putting out. Uh, In some cases, you could watch videos um, you could, you know, read their books, you know, which they promoted on their websites and all of that stuff. Um, so I, I found myself, you know, liking them because, you know, I could a follow them from afar and B, I could see the success that they had. I idolized them in many ways. I was like, I want to be that kind of pastor. And what's disheartening is to, is to find out that in their real lives, these pastors were not exactly the guys that they portrayed outwardly on all of these platforms. And many of them are, have either lost their initial or original pastoral position, mm-hmm. or they're no longer pastoring at all because they disqualified themselves. Yeah, uh, It's caused me to reevaluate what I think is a good pastor. And it has little to nothing to do with their ability to accumulate a following from afar. Yeah. I like that. I agree with that. It's really good. So here is the bottom line. We've talked a lot about some values. We've talked about 
the negatives and the dangers. And honestly, we could probably talk forever about more and more dangers Mm -hmm. and what people should look out for. But the bottom line question we need to ask is, should a Christian have social media? Yeah, and you know, I think that's similar to a lot of the other questions we've asked on this podcast. We've answered on the podcast, answered to students and people that have talked to us. I think that, you know, should you... Again, you can use this for really good things, and you can use this for really bad things, and it can have really bad effects, or it can have great effects. So should you? I don't know if that's, I don't know if I can answer that question, but I can say. It's definitely not a requirement. It's Yes, that's exactly what I was about to say. It's not something you have to do, but I think you can do it well. Yeah, yeah. I, I, for me, I think the question is, when you ask the question, should you or can you, my answer is always going to be, is it something that you can participate in and positively impact the kingdom of God yeah. through? Yeah. If the answer is yes, by all means, go through with it. Mm-hmm. If the answer is no, then stay away. Because the reality is there are many believers who get involved in social media and they end up, it ends up resulting in arguments that are being had, some of which needed to be conversations, but perhaps they didn't need to be conversations that are had in a public forum for everyone to, sure. to everyone to hear and participate in. Um, arguments get had, things get heated, people because of the an, the the fake anonymity of a screen. They feel like they can share something or say something in such a way that they would never say it to someone in person. And I know that there are a number of people as a result of watching Christians interact with people online that they want nothing to do with Christianity anymore because because they have seen that Christians are all about A, B, C, and D. And sometimes that comes across as hatred. Sometimes it comes across as heated opinions. It comes across as arguments. It comes across as unkind words. And they think, I don't want any part of that. Mm. And you can even present, you can even have a, start a conversation hoping to have a well-meaning conversation, um, hoping to help people see another perspective on a particular issue and do it in a calm manner and do it in a, um, in a healthy manner or, or not even intend to hurt anyone's feelings. And people will inevitably take it that direction um, because for whatever reason, when it comes to social media, we assume the worst about each other. Yeah. And so it becomes this thing where you, you stop treating the other person like a person because they're not in front of you. Yeah. It's like you're arguing with a computer program. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the Christian can, sure, but they have to be very, very careful because even the most well-meaning ones of us mm-hmm. that follow Christ can put themselves in a position where they harm the witness they, they harm the advancement of the kingdom because of how they handled themselves with a specific conversation. Mm-hmm. Not to mention the fact there are a lot of slippery slopes that can put us into contact with 
dangerous, sinful things simply because we opened this door and made it a possibility. Right. So with that being said, there are some things that we as Christians need to remember when we're online, right? And some of those things are things like remembering that you are a representative of Jesus. Yes. Whether you're online or offline. Um, And your online presence should represent Jesus in an authentic way, just like your offline presence should represent Jesus in an off or in an authentic way. Yeah. If you are a follower of Jesus, that is what your calling in life is. Yeah, so, Paul tells us in one of his letters to the Corinthians that we are ambassadors. That right. we we are in this world, we are supposed to be representatives of Him. Mm-hmm. So that means that our message is not simply our message. Our message should be his message. And we have to communicate that uh, correctly, and we have to communicate that um, kindly. We have to communicate that in such a way that people are willing to hear that message, and we're not communicating anything that might harm that message. Yeah. And so, and, and another thing is, is like the appropriate age. Like as parents, as Christian parents, we should be cognizant of what is the appropriate age for your kids to be on social media for them to interact with the things that are here. And I know that that's going to be something that people have to decide for themselves. Sure. But one of the things that I want to bring to everybody's attention is, again, on the uh, the Social Dilemma, that documentary, uh, the people that created these things to, to act the way that they act and to do the things that they do to the minds of the people looking at them, they, when asked, do you let your kids get on social media or look at screens? They said no. They said no. And they said at a minimum, they won't get social media until they're 16. Yeah. These aren't Christians, to my knowledge, for the most part. They're not people that we would go, oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're giving us a biblical example. They're just saying pragmatically, as the people who made this in the way that it is to do what it does, we don't want our children looking at it. Yeah. Yeah, which is interesting because a lot of these platforms they they have a minimum age requirement as being 13. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, you can certainly lie about your age and get on there at much younger, but mm-hmm. you know, th- that that's that's interesting. You know, I I I have concerns about that simply because of the content that when I open these doors, I ask myself, because I open these doors, what content is now available to my son or my daughters mm-hmm. for consumption? And I look at something like Instagram and I go, the minimum age is 13. You know, some of these guys say, you know, 16 is the age they would allow their kids on. But the sheer fact that, like I said earlier, that they can come into contact with people that are trying to peddle pornography on my kid Mm -hmm. and have access to my kids simply because they have these engines, it makes me not want them to, to, to let them have social media at all. Um, it's, it's like, it's like my kid, uh, you know, I, I would take my kid to see a PG movie. If it's a Marvel movie, I might even take him to see a PG 13 movie, but, but then I let him have social media not realizing that he now has access to rated R and NC-17 content. Mm-hmm. 
you know, with little to no restrictions. All he has to do is lie about his age. Yeah. Doesn't even have to show an ID. And so that, that I find incredibly concerning because no matter what, no matter what safeguards you put in place, what we have to remember is participating in the sinful content is a sin, but coming into contact intentionally with the safeguards is also a sin. And so there is not a safeguard out there that someone who is smart enough and motivated enough is not going to be able to work around in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. You're always going to have a kid who knows how to create a fake profile. You're always going to have a kid who knows how to find an app that allows them to hide their what they're doing. You're always going to have a kid who... Um, who knows how to get around the safeguards and the workarounds that mom and dad put in place. So mom and dad, I'm not saying you shouldn't have safeguards. I'm not saying you shouldn't put safeguards in place. But what I am saying is it all boils down to responsibility. Mm -hmm. At what age and at what stage of maturity can I trust that my kid, even if... Even if they have unbridled access to some of these things, they would choose to not walk in that direction because of their love for the Lord and their love for their families. All right? Should we have safeguards in place to, to help eliminate the temptation? Absolutely. But I will know whether or not my kid is able to have Instagram if he can go to an ESPN post and scroll through the comments and see that advertisement and run away. Yeah, so uh, a few more of the rules that um, Christians should potentially, uh, you know, implement when using social media um, is to, to understand that lost people are going to act like lost people, whether they're online or offline. Um, so just because someone is acting lost and acting a fool and saying things that that may upset you a lot and get, that doesn't mean that you lash out and attack those right. people online right. because you think that there's a level of anonymity that isn't actually real because you're behind a screen uh, because you wouldn't go up to that person in real life and, and rail them on what they said, but you feel like you can online. And the reality is, is not everybody online is a Christian and believes or has the same values as you. And you should expect that. Mm -hmm. You should expect that. So have that understanding. If you also, have a problem with something that somebody said, talk with them about it privately. Right. Right. Because that's going to ultimately produce an actual result. Yes. Um, and also, you know, when you're online and when you're interacting with these social media platforms and things like that, don't fall into the trap of comparison because it leads to nowhere good. Right. It leads to absolutely nowhere good. It it actually is going to lead you to a place of, of of pain most likely. Mm -hmm. So so don't fall into the trap of feeling like I got to be better than them. It's the old old adage of you know don't try to keep up with the Joneses just because they have cooler pictures on Instagram. And also manage your time well and don't let this take over. You need to have specific times where you're not interacting with a screen. Yeah. At all. Yeah. It, it's, um, it's very dangerous when you look when you're when you're scrolling through social media, switching back and forth between platforms, and you look up, 
and an hour has passed and yeah. you didn't realize it. Well, and, and it's very uh, clear that people don't unplug regularly. Um, that's been statistically proven that people don't unplug regularly from technology in general. Uh, and a lot of that is because of social media. Yeah. If you, if you notice on these social media platforms, there's never a bottom to the page. Right. And they don't take, people don't take significant breaks. Um, and a significant break is not five minutes. You know, some people will be like, well, yeah, I'll put my phone down for a few minutes. Like, no, no, no. I mean, like literally putting your phone away for a couple of hours, not worrying about the notifications. That's another thing on the social dilemma is most of the people say that they have all of the notifications on their phones. Oh, my off. goodness. I had to turn them all off. I, I There was one point in time, like eight years ago, when I was like using Twitter that it bothered me if I could not get through my entire Twitter feed back to, like, I, I felt like I had to see every single tweet. Mm -hmm. And then it just all of a sudden dawned on me, no, I don't. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's impossible. Yeah. You know? Um, and so I, I had notifications on, and so it, it made it hard to get anything done or, or think or because I, I constantly felt like I had to keep up yeah. with the posts. Yep. So as as a person, but also really very much as a Christian, we need to make sure that we have specific times where we unplug from this and we take the time to plug into God's word and plug into what the Lord is wanting us to hear, because we can get so distracted by these things that we miss what God is calling us to do. Yeah. So we're running out of time. I do want to get to um, the question about some of the platforms that may be unwise. Yes. Yes. So, um, if there are platforms that you think are unwise for Christians to participate in, what uh, what would you say those platforms are? So I think when when this question comes up, there's there's two primary ones that I think are of danger, and I know that there's more, and there are social media platforms that are only designed for pornographic things, and, and I'm, I'm not including those because I hope that our listeners and those of us that are Christians would know, obviously, those are ones that you would stay away from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the things that I would say that are kind of just common and used that we should be hesitant in using are um, Twitter is one uh, because Twitter does not have the same standards as, mm -hmm. say, Facebook and Instagram. Right. What I mean by that is unless you purposely go into the Twitter settings and make sure that you're not going to see adult content, you could just accidentally stumble across, uh, upon adult content because Twitter allows you to post whatever you want. Any photo you want, any vid video you want, you can post on Twitter, and it doesn't go against their guidelines. Right. So unless you have went in and made specific changes to the parental guidance and settings to limit or make sure those things don't pop up in front of you, they can. Yeah. And I, so I think that that's super, super dangerous. And we need to be cognizant of that if we're on Twitter and we need to make sure that we have the right settings in place. Um, the other social media platform that I'm, I, I'm actually pretty much fully against this one uh, is Snapchat. Mm-hmm. I really, really don't think that Snapchat is a good thing. And here's why. Snapchat is designed to remove all accountability. Yeah. And that's never a good thing. Yeah. In any circumstance. And I know that a lot of teenagers and, and would say, well, this is how I interact with my friends. Here's I don't want to clog up my 
my phone with all these photos. Yeah, but here's the thing. Everything that you can do on Snapchat, you can do somewhere else. Yeah. Like, Instagram can do almost everything, if not everything, that Snapchat can do, to my knowledge. But Dakota, it can't get rid of the photos. Why would you care about that? Yeah, exactly. You know, and and here's the thing. Here's why I think this is so dangerous, especially for teenagers, is because if there is interactions happening that are inappropriate and wrong and not okay, say that there are photos being exchanged that are very inappropriate and not okay, the only way you can get those is a court subpoena. Yeah. To my knowledge. And I'm pretty sure that I'm not wrong on that. You have to actually go through the uh, the law system in order to get that because it's privatized into Snapchat's servers and things like that. That's not something that I want to be a part of, nor do I want my children to be a part of or any of the students that I pastor to be a part of. I know that some of them are. By the way, you should also know that like, if you're participating in Snapchat and you are sending photos thinking that those photos have disappeared completely. They're somewhere. Like the people who work for Snapchat, they can find your photos. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. like that th- there is a digital footprint of those photos mm-hmm. and somebody has access to them. Yeah. So Snapchat is just feels like a very dangerous, unwise thing to me. Yeah. So I would recommend not interacting with that one at all because its original intent was to be a sexting option yeah. for people. That was the original thing. And then they realized that in the world of uh, social media, the way it is, they can make a profit and make money if they make it a just standard social media platform. So yeah. I just have, I, I just feel that there's so many dangers to that one. I would yeah, say not to mention it. the fact that it can even open up the door to underage pornography as well, which yeah, comes, which comes, which brings with it even different charges. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we could probably talk about this forever. Yeah, we're definitely already over time and we could talk about this for and and listen, I will include on our on our social media platforms on Instagram. Uh, I will include some of the other stuff we uh, about these things because there's a lot of things that we didn't cover just because we don't have time today. But I'll include some of those things as we move forward uh, and as me and Kyle talk more about them off off the off the air here so Kyle you have a recommendation for us um, so real quick what is it I do recently uh, my son turned 10 yep. and one of the things that we like to do uh, you know kind of a new tradition we set up my son is the oldest is you know take them on a 10 year old trip nice. well starting in January my son started reading the Harry Potter books which is superior to Star Wars uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> I'm not going to argue uh, that 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 at least is a legitimate opinion. If you have that opinion, uh, a new hope being a bad movie is not a legitimate opinion, but we'll, we'll, we'll have that conversation off mic. Um, so, uh, he finished, he actually finished, uh, in April, he finished, uh, the seventh book. So he read, he read all seven of them, you know, I'm Very sure. Fast. Yeah, I'm sure COVID probably helped with that, but he has just become an avid reader. And so we decided to take him, just him and me, to uh, the Harry Potter wizarding or the wizarding world world of Harry Potter at yes. Universal Studios I go. in Florida. And the way it's set up is at Islands of Adventure, you have uh, Hogsmeade 
and you have uh, Hogwarts, all right? And at Universal Studios, you have Diagon Alley and King's Crossing, and uh, you can actually get on a plane, or not a plane, you can get on a train uh, for, you know, and travel back and forth between these two like locations if you have a park hopping pass. Mm. And so we had that. And so uh, this was actually really, really cool uh, to go to to go to these. You know, you walk into Universal Studios and everything's everything's behind a wall and you walk through the wall in this kind of weird sort of entrance and it just opens up to this awesome Diagon Alley. And everything is there. You have the Weasley's shop you have um all of vander's wand shop you've got you know the clothing shop and uh you've even got gringotts there's a there's a escape from gringotts uh uh ride um when there's like a, a dragon on top of gringotts um and there's even an alley to go down to all of the like i don't know where that evil nocturn that, alley yeah 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 um, you can eat at restaurants like you know when we were at Hogsmeade, we had three three broomsticks. Uh, you can eat at um, the Leaky Cauldron, mm-hmm. all, all these great places, uh, and they're just they've done such a fantastic job with this. The rides are superior, but at the end of the day, our favorite part was actually, or at least my favorite part, was actually walking around Diagon Alley. They did such a good job with it. It was just really cool to walk into all the shops, to walk into all the locations. You know, my son saved all his birthday money. He wanted nothing but money for his birthday <laughs> from family and all that stuff. And he bought himself a robe. He bought himself a wand. He He's all about Ravenclaw, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, nice. he, he loves Ravenclaw. Uh, he got a wand. He got a robe. He bought a little um, um, Norbert... Uh, uh, dragon oh yeah yeah like it's like it's like a puppet where you can stick your hand into the egg and um you know control a dragon and man that thing was the biggest like he got more uh teenage girls to talk to him <laughs> through through that little puppet than 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 absolutely anything it's like you know you think you know if i were to walk around in a hogwarts robe uh you know, if I were to walk around in a Hogwarts robe in normal life, people would think I was weird. Like, like you walk around in a Hogwarts robe in at Hogwarts, and people think you're the coolest. Yeah, you know. So uh, it was cool. Got to got to drink some butter beer. Mm. Uh, got to so good. Um, you know, got to just ride all the rides. The Hogwarts ride was really cool. Um, Matthew really enjoyed that. Um, so yeah, it was just I I recommend if you have an opportunity to go to Universal Studios, it is worth it to get tickets for both parks. Yeah. And it is worth it to get the tickets so that you can go back and forth from one park to the other. Because you can buy a ticket for one park for one day and the other park the other day, but you're missing out on part of the... Riding the train. The the fun and the allure of it. If you if you don't have the extra park hopping pass, yeah. so I would recommend that. That is the Wizarding World of Harry Potter at Universal Studios. This is literally one of my favorite recommendations that you've given. Yes, yes, <laughs> so, um, yes. And side recommendation: I recommend actually watching A New Hope. Oh my gosh, you just ruined it. Yes. <laughs> so. so. 
Thanks for that recommendation, Kyle. Um, we want to connect with you guys. Thank you so much for listening uh, every episode. We really, really appreciate it. it. It still blows me away every time I see the stats and how many people have interacted with what we do and what we produce uh, in this studio. So thank you for that. Um, but we want to connect with you and we want you to connect with us. And you can do that on social media, uh, on the spot dot podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Those are the two places that we are at. Um, you can also send us an email. We don't get a lot of emails, but we would love to get more emails. Uh, if you have questions, ideas for future things that you think matters that you want us to talk about, you can send that to on the spot at spotswood.org. And also be sure to rate the podcast if you have a moment. And it would go a long way if you would write us a review because that helps the podcast get out. And when you into write the, the review, tell us which one is right about A New Hope. Is Dakota wrong? That would be correct. Is Dakota right? That would be incorrect. Yeah. So with all of that and with that crushing, terrible thing that he just said, we will be back in a couple of weeks to talk about more stuff that matters.